good morning. I already said kind of my spiel, but I just want to go ahead and say thank you again. This summer has truly been the best summer of my life, and I don't say that lightly, and I have had some good summers. Um, but the things that I have learned and the things that I have, and the ways that I have grown this summer will be things that will stick with me for the rest of my life. And so truly, from the bottom of my heart, I thank all of you for enduring my sermons every couple weeks. <laughs> well, when I was in high school, I played football. And I know you know that because I've talked about football in probably every sermon that I've preached. But one of the, when I was in, so my senior year, going in my senior year, I was built like a brick wall. I was 220 pounds and I could bench 220 pounds. And I know you probably don't believe that looking at me now. So either ask that guy or come and talk to me after and I will show you a picture. Part of being 220 pounds and playing football is I was on the line. In fact, I was the center. Now, if you don't know football, the center is the guy in the center of the line. And his job is to snap the football back to the quarterback so the quarterback can begin the play. And me and snapping had a really tumultuous relationship. Because when I was doing good, everything was great. Like, I would get on a hot streak and I could keep it going for a long time. But when I did bad... I did really bad, and I would snap it over the quarterback's head or into the ground, and I would do it over and over and over again. Well, one time, in one of the most important games against our rivals, I had a snapping fit, and I snapped it right into the ground, probably four or five times. And so my head coach finally gets fed up and calls me off the side. And as I'm walking to the sideline, I, he's saying things to me that I promise I can't say to you from up here. And I get to the sideline, and I don't quite know why, but I just burst out in tears. And as I look back and as I think about that moment, I felt like a complete failure. Because the people that, I tr the people that trusted me, the people that I loved and the people that were relying on me, I had failed all of them over and over and over again. And I'm sure we all have a moment that we look back to in which we just felt like a complete failure. Maybe it was with your children and you were just trying to do your best as a parent, but you said something or you did something, and they looked at you in a certain way, and your heart just broke into pieces because you knew you messed up and you felt like a failure. Maybe it was with your spouse, and you said something in the midst of an argument, and you may have not even meant it, or you may have not even meant to say it, but it slipped out, and the way that they looked at you made you feel like a failure. Maybe it was with your job or with school or maybe yours was with sports too. But we all have a moment we look to in which we felt like a failure. Maybe you felt like a failure as a Christian. I know I have. Maybe you promised yourself, I'm not going to do this sin anymore. I'm going to be done with it. And then when you slip up, everything falls to the ground. Or maybe you thought, I'm going to go into this church and I'm going to be invested and I'm finally going to serve and I'm finally going to live out what it looks like to be the body of Christ. 
and you slipped up and you messed it up and you felt like a failure. And so the question that I want us to answer in this sermon is what do we do when we fail? To answer this question, we're going to be looking at a very prominent character in the Bible. Today we're going to be looking at Peter. And if you don't know who Peter is, Peter is one of the 12 guys who followed Jesus throughout his ministry career. And Peter is so important that he shows up in all four of these books we call the Gospels, which are the books that account the life of Jesus and the ministry of Jesus. And what we're going to see is that Peter has a gigantic failure recorded in every one of the Gospels. And Peter is the biggest failure out of all of the disciples. And so using his example, we're going to see how should we respond when we feel like a failure. And when it seems like all we can do is fail over and over and over again. I'm going to start by talking about Peter's initial call. The first time he sees Jesus and the first time Jesus calls him to follow him. This occurs in Mark chapter 1, verses 16 through 18. Starting in verse 16. Passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, he, meaning Jesus, saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. This Simon guy is Peter. He's going to later get his name changed to Peter. I just want to clarify that now. Moving on to verse 17. And Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. So this initial call starts out really well. Jesus says, follow me, and Peter is all in, right? Jesus says, leave your life, leave all the things that you know, and come and follow me. And Peter says, all right, I'm, I'm good for this, let's go. And he is all in. So Peter starts out really well. The initial call goes wonderful. But what we're going to see is there's four major failures that follow Peter's life and his time with Jesus throughout the rest of the story. And so I have given a title to every one of these failures, and I have given you the verses as well. The first failure that we're going to talk about, I call the failure of faith. What you need to know about the failure of faith is that the disciples are on a boat. And they're hanging out in this boat, and it's kind of stormy, it's kind of windy, and things are getting, the water is getting a little crazy. And suddenly they look out, and they see this guy walking on the water. And then the following scene takes place. Starting in Matthew 14, verse 26. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. But Peter, and Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? This starts out so well. Everything looks like it should be going great. Jesus is walking on the water, and Peter takes initiative. He says, Lord, if it is you, call to me, and I will come out to you on the water. Right? That's pretty confident to say, you're walking on the water. I know I can walk to you if you just tell me to. 
So Peter starts out doing really great, and he even gets out on the water and is the only man other than Jesus to have ever walked on the water. And yet the wind picks up. And when the wind picks up, he becomes afraid. And in his fear, he doubts Jesus. He loses his faith, and he starts to sink. And it's really easy for us to look back at Peter and say, dude, you're literally looking at Jesus. You are in the presence of a miracle. Why would you give up your faith? But the question that I have for you is, have you let the storms of your life cause you to fail at having faith in God? One of the things I'm going to try to do throughout this sermon is I'm going to try to convince you that you and I are not any different from Peter. Our situation may look different, and we may not be actually walking on the water physically, but when winds pick up and storms occur in our life, how often do you lose faith? How often do you doubt God? And how often do you let your fear take your eyes off of God? Because the truth is, you and I are no different from Peter. The next failure that we're going to talk about, I call the failure of foresight. This failure occurs in Matthew chapter 16, verses 21 through 23, starting in verse 21. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed on the third, and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, far be it from you, Lord, this shall never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Again, it's easy for us to look back at Peter and be like, dude, why are you correcting Jesus? He's Jesus. Like, something must be wrong with you in the head. But the question that I have for you is how often have you thought, that your will sounds a whole lot smarter than God's. And because of that, you failed to see the bigger picture. Because in this moment, Peter is truly trying to do good by Jesus. He's trying to say, listen, man, we all, us 12 guys, we love you. We're not going to let this happen to you. Far be it from you, Lord, to get crucified. And yet in these moments, Peter looks, or Jesus looks at Peter and he says, get behind me, Satan. If that isn't a failure, I don't know what is, being called Satan by Jesus. But the truth is that Peter didn't have his eyes set on the things of God. And often we don't have our eyes set on the things of God and we fail to see the bigger picture. Because we think, well, my will sounds a whole lot smarter than yours, God. You're calling me to do this thing that sounds kind of crazy. So how about we just do it my way? And I'll get back to you. And maybe you can kind of be involved, but we're doing this my way. And the truth is, when we do that, we fail to see the bigger picture. Our foresight fails, just like Peter's did. Because the truth is, you and I are no different from Peter. The next failure I call the failure of submission. This failure occurs in John chapter 18, verses 10 through 11. And I need to give you some context for this one. This failure occurs 
when the temple guard has come to the Garden of Gethsemane to arrest Jesus and take him to be crucified. And in the midst of all of this chaos, Peter acts impulsively, and the following scene takes place. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. So Jesus said to Peter, put your sword into its sheath. Shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given me? Peter is so motivated to keep Jesus safe, and he has the right heart. And so he says, well, this looks like a war because the temple guard is coming to take our Savior to to the cross. So I'm going to pull out my sword and we're going to fight. And he does something and he acts impulsively. And after this act of impulse, Jesus looks at him and says, put your sword away. Is it not my job to follow the will of the Father? And so my question for you is, have you acted impulsively and in turn failed to be a peacemaker? Because Jesus says in his Sermon on the Mount, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Yet in this moment, Peter is anything but a peacemaker. He's going to make war because he will do anything to save his Savior. But in his in his passion and in his impulse he fails at the call of God he fails to truly answer the call that Christ has on his life and so my question for you is have you failed and failed to be a peacemaker because you acted on impulse have you been in the heat of a moment where you got really passionate and you said something that you probably shouldn't have said and maybe the second it left your mouth you knew I shouldn't have said that. I really messed up. But you said it anyway, and you can't take it back. And because of that, you failed to be a peacemaker. Because the truth is, you and I are no different from Peter. And the final failure we're going to talk about is probably the most painful for Peter, and it's probably going to be the most painful to face for you. The failure of devotion. This failure occurs in Luke 22, verses 54 through 62. Verses 54 54 through 57 give context, saying that the guard has taken Jesus to go and be questioned by the high priest. And Peter is following along behind, and he sits down at this fire. And this little servant girl turns to him and asks him, you're one of those disciple guys, right? And he gives the following reply, starting in verse 57. But he denied it, saying, woman, I do not know him. And a little later, someone else saw him and said, you also are one of them. But Peter said, man, I am not. And after an interval of about an hour, still another insisted, saying, certainly this man also was with him, for he too is a Galilean. But Peter said, man, I do not know what you are talking about. And immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the saying of the Lord. How he had said to him, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. This failure breaks Peter's heart. 
because he broke Jesus' heart. And while Jesus may have known it was going to happen, and while Jesus may have predicted it was going to happen, that didn't take the sting away from when he looked at Peter and the rooster started to crow. And in these moments, Peter feels like he has not only failed, he feels like he is a failure. And this call that Jesus had on his life was a mistake, and that he is not the right guy for the job. And that he is better off just giving up. And he runs away and he weeps bitterly. And again, it is easy for us to look back at Peter and say, why would you deny the Savior? But my question for you is, have you failed in being devoted to Christ in your speech or your behavior? Have you failed at showing that you are a follower of Christ in the way that you carry yourself? When people look at you, do they see Christ? I know that I have failed in being devoted to Christ in either my speech or my behavior. In fact, I know that I have failed in every way that Peter failed. And I think that you probably have too. Because the simple truth is that you and I are not different from Peter. I have bad news for you. You will fail. In this Christian walk, in this life that we are trying to live, it is inevitable that at some point you will fail at the call that God has given you. This whole series, we have been pressing the idea that there is a call on your life. And that is true. But it is also true that at some point, you're going to mess up. But I also have good news. Christ isn't shocked when you fail. Just like he wasn't shocked when Peter failed. Jesus is not taken aback. Jesus isn't surprised when you mess things up. When you make a mistake, he doesn't look at you and go, oh, I thought this was going to turn out different. I thought a whole lot better of you. Jesus knows you're a failure. Jesus knows that you might fail at certain points. And when you feel like you have utterly failed in the call, that doesn't shock Jesus either. And so we started with the initial call, and we're going to finish with the final call. This story occurs after Jesus has been crucified, put to death, and then raised again. And Peter and all of the other disciples have still seen Jesus. They've already seen Jesus after he was raised from the dead. And yet Peter still goes out back to the lake. And he still starts fishing because he feels like a failure. And he thinks that maybe this whole Jesus thing was a mistake. And he knows that even though Jesus raised from the dead, and even though he got to see him, this call surely isn't for me. I denied you three times. So I'm just going to go back to the lake because that's where I belong. And in this moment, the disciples are out fishing on a boat, doing what they do best, doing what they know, and they see a man on the shore. 
and that man on the shore beckons to him. And everyone there knows that it's Jesus. And this isn't in the text, but I imagine Peter saying, y'all go ahead. I know he's not talking to me. Because I am a failure. I've messed up too many times for him to be calling me to. And I can just imagine Jesus saying, even you, Peter. And so that he jumps out of the boat and he swims to the beach. And he gets there and they share a meal as brothers again. And then Peter and Jesus are going to have this beautiful conversation. Where Jesus is going to pass on the leadership of the church to Peter. But he still doesn't get it. And he still doesn't get what Jesus is calling him to do. And so Jesus says, come on, we're going on a walk. And while they're walking, and while they're walking away, they see this young disciple following behind them named John. And here's what you need to know about John. John was the guy who never failed. John was the guy who was at the foot of of the cross as Jesus was dying while all of the other disciples had abandoned him. John was the guy who Jesus gave his mother into the care of John. John is called the disciple whom Jesus loved. John is the guy. And so Jesus is talking about Peter's fate and he looks back and sees John and he says, why not him? What about him? And Jesus gives the following reply. Jesus said to him, If it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. So back to my football story. As I'm standing there on the sideline bawling, one of my coaches comes up next to me. And he puts his hand on my helmet. He says, why are you crying? And I say, coach, I feel like a failure. I've failed you. I've failed the other coaches. I've failed everyone on my team. And I just want to quit. And he said, I'm sure you probably do. And yeah, you did fail a couple times. And guess what? You will probably fail some more. But your team needs you. You're in on the next play. Get out there and snap the ball. Jesus does the same thing. Jesus does not respond to your failure with shock or rejection. He responds to your failure the same way he responded to Peter. By simply saying, follow me. And in the moments when you fail, in the moments when you feel like you have messed up beyond all redemption... You need to remember that you are not a failure. Your identity is not found in your failure. You are a follower. And the only call that matters is the call to follow behind Christ. Because we've talked about a lot of calls throughout this sermon. But the fact is, if you don't get the call to follow Christ, you won't be able to answer any other ones. And when you mess all of those up, Jesus is still standing right here saying, come on, follow me. And when you fall or you trip or you stumble and you feel like giving up, Jesus is still standing right here saying, follow me. 
The final call of this series is the call to follow. Because you will fail. And in those moments when you fail, and you mess it all up, Jesus is going to look at you. He's going to say, follow me anyway. Because you may feel like a failure, but the truth is, your identity is found in the one who you follow. That Lamb of God that we have been talking about this entire day. This entire service, your identity is found in the fact that you follow the one who could answer every call that God had. You follow the one who answered the call all the way to the end and died and was raised again. You follow God. And there is no failure that is bigger than the one who you follow. And he won't reject you. And because God will never quit on you, you better not quit on God. And so this week, you will fail at some point. You'll probably fail a lot. I'll probably fail a lot. And in the moments when you're tempted to quit because you feel like a failure, I want you to pray a prayer similar to this one. God, I know that I have failed you. Help me to answer the call to keep following you anyway. So it's my privilege to ask you one last time and finish off this series. Can you imagine what God will do through you if you will just let him? phone is ringing and it's been ringing for 11 weeks I'm going to ask you once again the only question that matters are you going to be brave enough to answer it join me in prayer God I thank you for this day God I know that I have failed you and I know that I will fail you again. But God, give me the strength and the bravery and the boldness to follow you anyway. And help me to never give up on you, just as you never gave up on me. Be with us as we go into our week. Help us to honor you in all that we say and do. And to turn, when you, and to, turn to you when we fail. It's in your son's name I pray. Amen.